Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. A hunting trip in the Colorado wilderness for newlyweds ends in tragedy. And I laid there and went back to sleep until I heard a gunshot go off. And this man been shot and killed up here? At this point, law enforcement is coming from all around. It's becoming a massive investigation. Police wonder if it's just a hunting accident or something more calculated. You shoot somebody three times, you want somebody dead. But as detectives look for the murder weapon, they are forced to halt their search. The investigation stopped because weather set in for the winter. At that elevation, winters are wild. You've got snow, rain, runoff, which lasts nearly half the year. Investigators fear there will be no justice until Mother Nature points them in the most unlikely place. There wouldn't have been a pond there if we hadn't had snow melt or rainfall. If they hadn't had all that rain and all that snow, this case may have never been solved. In the summer of 1998, investigators from the Mesa County Sheriff's Department in Western Colorado are deep in the mountains of the Uncompahgre National Forest, a majestic land with a 9,000-foot elevation. The Uncompahgre National Forest is over a million acres. It spans pretty good area in Western Colorado. It runs almost from Gunnison, Colorado, all the way over to the state line with Utah. It's located in the San Juan Mountains. So when you travel, you know, you always see the Uncompadre. It's just beautiful. Every year, the National Forest attracts over 2 million outdoor enthusiasts. People go there because of the outdoor activities that are involved. You can hike, fish, snow ski, or just camp, depending on what your likes are. And then, of course, during the hunting season, it's a, it's a great place to go hunt. There's a large amount of game, and it's fairly easy and accessible, both deer or elk. But with such high elevation, the weather can be extremely unpredictable. Being that this was up in the mountains, the weather can have a violent swing. I mean, you could have a sunny day, and then in an instant, a front moves through. It brings rain, wind, snow, even in the summer months. So you really need to be prepared for anything. And it is in this unpredictable environment that the Mesa County investigators have been coming back to every summer since 1995, searching for a key piece of evidence that could solve a three-year-old murder case. It had rained the week before, but this morning, it was clear, but cold. We got a couple thin, wispy clouds up in the sky, but bottom line, it was a beautiful morning, and the sun was just coming up over the mountain range. And it was just two days into hunting season in the Uncompahgre National Forest when the Delta County Dispatch receives a disturbing 911 call. Um, I'm up on 
calling um, uh, from uh, a couple miles away, and immediately uh, a deputy came out to investigate. When the deputy arrives, he is met by a man named Doug Kyle, an off-duty police officer from Texas who was camping in the Uncompagre National Forest. Uh, we talked a couple of minutes, told him what I had seen there. Doug says there was a married couple camping next to him, and the husband, 48-year-old Bruce Dodson, is dead. John Bruce Donson was born in 1946, the second of three children. Well, Bruce is from Baltimore, Maryland. He was very quiet. He was introverted, very shy. After high school, Bruce attended the University of Maryland, earning a medical technology degree, and then served in the U.S. Navy during the Vietnam War. In 1974, after being honorably discharged, he decided to leave Baltimore for a fresh start. He moved to Colorado, and he was a lab tech at a local hospital. In terms of his personality, Bruce didn't socialize much. He was a quiet person, kept to himself. He had a really nice house on some property, and he had some horses, but he was very frugal. He had done well for himself because he had never been married and had been saving his money. But that was all about to change in 1991 when the longtime bachelor started dating a lively 40-year-old nurse named Janice Lee, who he met while working at the same hospital. Janice was from Texas and a country girl at heart. Janice had started hunting when she was quite young, pre-teen. It was uh, something that she enjoyed doing. She liked horses. She liked to ride. They had that in common. She was very pretty, very kind, very smart. She was just a wonderful person. Janice was also recently divorced after her husband of 25 years left her. He got together with a much younger girl. She was devastated, obviously devastated. But Janice was determined to embrace her newly single status. But with doing so, she did spend a lot of money. And I think she got herself in a bind financially, driving up her credit card debt and things like that. Bruce had an impact on Janice's life to the extent that he took control of her finances in terms of guiding her on how to handle money. After four years of dating, the couple married on July 15, 1995. My kids were in the wedding and it was in a church and it was just quaint. You could tell that um, Bruce idolized Janice. Excited about marking their three month anniversary, the couple decided to go on a romantic camping trip. He had never hunted, ever. And she said, oh, I think he, he wants to learn how to hunt. He adored Janice, so I think he would have done anything in the world for her. The Dodsons were both excited about starting their new life together until tragedy struck that October morning in 1995. After arriving to the campground, a Mesa County Sheriff's deputy follows Doug Kyle to the scene. I had already identified myself to him as law enforcement. And when we arrived back to the campsite, I walked down with the deputy. In the middle of an open field, they find the body of Bruce Dodson. He wound up on his back. And when the authorities arrived, he was lying there, the clothes are around, and it was a blanket pulled up over him. His 44-year-old wife, Janice, is by his side. 
she was down by the body cradling the man like he's just hurt she was stroking his head you know just trying to comfort him she said is that the medics is that the ambulance when deputies remove the blanket they can clearly see the man is deceased from what appears to be multiple gunshot wounds to his chest and back the news sends janice into a fit she was quivering and shaking and very dramatic and so on. And they escorted Janice back to the hunting camp and removed her really from where the body was. Mesa County deputies immediately notify investigators. At this point, law enforcement is coming from all around. Local law enforcement's coming. The Colorado Bureau of Investigation's coming. It's becoming a massive investigation. As detectives arrive, they have no idea they're about to be involved in one of the most complex and cold-blooded cases they've ever seen in the Colorado mountains. These investigators had a pretty good amount of work in front of them. One that will take a unique weather system to solve it. Criminals should never underestimate the weather. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Two days into hunting season, in October 1995, Mesa County Sheriff deputies have just found 48-year-old Bruce Dodson shot to death in the Uncompahgre National Forest in Western Colorado. In 
investigators arrive and examine the scene, starting with the body. Bruce was out in a very open area. It was only a few feet away from a fence, and he was shot, lied on his back. His orange vest was there, and there was a 243 caliber rifle next to him. There was blood on the grass, blood around his feet. It was a very typical crime scene of an individual shot three times. There were three 243 cartridge cases next to the body, along with the rifle next to the body. Just beyond the rifle, deputies also find an orange safety vest and orange ball cap. But in the middle of his back was a very pronounced wound, uh, a pretty good blood stain on it. You could tell the man had, had received a bad wound to the back. Without wearing his orange gear, investigators wonder if Bruce might have been accidentally shot by another hunter by mistake. In Colorado, you have to wear 400 square inches of, of orange. That's their law to prevent accidental shootings. You have to wear orange on your head and you have to wear an orange vest. Investigators spread out and continue searching the scene. That's when they find a fresh clue. One of the significant things that they found was a um, wooden fence post that had a bullet hole passing through it. The detectives try to get the trajectory pattern of the bullet. They basically use a string where the, where the bullet landed and where the bullet came from and just see how it went, what the angle was. The small clearing is west of the body, about 75 yards away. They followed the string to see where the victim and shooter would have been, and it lined up perfectly. Police search that area, but don't find anything. They then decide to speak with Janice to get a better picture of what happened. When they first speak with her, her overall demeanor is one of being very, very upset and very, very emotional. She's able to tell them that she and Bruce got up around 6 a.m. to go hunting. She was gonna go up on the hill and probably force out any wildlife that would be there. Bruce would be down below. And hope that a deer would come down to where he could get a shot at it. She said they were gonna shoot then come back and meet for breakfast at 9.30. But Janice says she stepped in a mud bog about 200 yards from their camp and went back to change. So a bog is a type of freshwater wetland. These are generally found in the cool northern climates. And you have to think, because of the prolonged winters we have, especially in the Uncompahgre National Forest, that snow melts and rain runoff saturates the ground for a good chunk of the year. Therefore, it creates a bog. It's an indentation in the earth. Once that fills up with precipitation from Mother Nature, it'll be wet and somewhat slimy and muddy. Janice says it was around 8.30 that morning when she headed back to change out of her muddy clothes. Janice was uh, talking to a, a local camper. Um, she was looking for her husband, uh, and, and that's when she found him. She tells police she had been hearing gunshots all morning and assumed someone must have accidentally shot Bruce. Janice said she approached Bruce, tried to get some response from him, tried to get some sort of life sign with him, and covered him up to keep him warm. After the interview with detectives, Janice seems to be in shock and has trouble walking. She ended up collapsing, actually, and they had to get a medevac chopper in there to take Janice to the hospital. Investigators then turned to Doug and asked him to walk them through what he witnessed that morning. He was a Texas uh, law enforcement officer, and he um, was, a, you know, obviously a trained observer. Doug tells investigators that he was in town with his friend Michael to hunt before the winter weather set in. It had rained some before we got there, but it was cold that morning. We had a little propane 
stove going, heating the tent up and staying warm. So then I proceeded to head out and go hunting. Told him I'd see him at lunch. Doug was sleeping. He woke up the three gunshots very close to his camp. He woke up and he was startled. After the first shot, I heard a bunch of hollering. And that kind of made me think, well, they're celebrating, you know, having taken an animal. And, and then the second shot goes off and the hollering stops. The third shot that went off was more pronounced in the fact that you could hear the bullet strike. 30 minutes after hearing the shots, he says he left his tent and started skinning a deer he shot the day before. That's when he noticed a woman with a rifle walking to her camper about 50 yards away. She was wearing a hunting outfit. She was wearing a, a vest and a hat and coveralls and boots, and they were all covered in mud. Now, we did have some storms that previous week that really saturated the ground. So you had that, plus you got to think all the runoff from the snow melt has really kept that ground saturated. And the local ponds in the area, they were overflowing. And over time, that creates a bog. Ultimately, it's a muddy mess. But the dirt that's in this area is kind of a grayish colored dirt. And when it gets wet, it's very sticky. If you're walking across it, it will stay on you. Doug tells investigators that the woman didn't notice him, so he went back to skinning his deer. All of a sudden, somebody is standing behind me. I hear this voice say, that's a nice fork horn you have there. And it startled me. And it's the woman that I had seen earlier. She was brushing her teeth while she was talking, and she had changed clothes. Doug says he asked her if someone in her party got a deer that morning because he heard three shots close to their camps. And she said, no, no, I'm, I'm here hunting with my husband, Bruce. And um, she said, by the way, my name is Janice. Then she left to go look for Bruce. Doug says maybe 15 minutes later, he heard screaming. I ran to the top of the rise, and I could see a woman down at the bottom of this little draw uh, next to a fence, and there was a man laying on the ground. She had an orange vest in her hand. She was screaming and yelling, appeared to be hysterical. When uh, Doug approaches Bruce, he sees him lying there, there's blood on his chest, and it looks like he's been shot. Doug says he checked for a pulse, and there wasn't one. He's already discolored and looked like he had been there for a little while. And I said, ma'am, I said, we've got to go for help here. This man is, this man is dead. Could this have been just a hunting accident? When the police initially get there, they thought that he was accidentally shot by a hunter. That thought he was a deer, and maybe he wasn't wearing his orange vest. As the investigation gets into full swing, detectives learn the deadly shooting is something much more sinister. As they get more into the investigation, they realize that this was no hunting accident, and they're looking for the person who shot him. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In October 1995, Mesa County detectives have found 48-year-old Bruce Dodson shot to death during a hunting trip in Colorado's Uncompahgre National Forest. His wife of three months, Janice Dodson, is recuperating from shock at the nearest hospital. Hunting is a dangerous sport because you have individuals that are firing some type of weapon from all different locations. And that bullet is, it could potentially be a stray bullet that could hit anything at any time. And you have to remember that in the Uncompadre, it's very dense. So when you're a hunter, you're looking for movement and you don't have a clear shot. That's why people unfortunately get accidentally shot. Police wonder if this was a terrible accident. And with three shell casings found by Bruce's gun and the three shots their witness Doug Kyle heard, could Bruce have gotten off three shots before he died? But there are a few things that don't sit right with detectives. He's walking in grass that's about halfway to your knees. So it was very obvious that he was not a, a game animal. And uh, this was daylight, so it wasn't so dark that you couldn't see. And especially as close as the shot was that had been fired at him. Uh, there was no reason that anybody would have interpreted him to be an animal. They also find it odd that Janice told Doug she hadn't heard any shots, but she told investigators she'd been hearing shots all morning. But they basically chalk it up to, she was very emotional, this is very upsetting. Emotionality can have an impact on your memory or in your recollection of events. After questioning Doug, detectives collect Bruce's 243 caliber rifle and the orange safety clothing. They also collect the couple's camper and Janice's 270 caliber rifle found inside. So when the police get to the camper, they see Janice's uh, muddy boots and what she was wearing, and they take all that as uh, evidence. With the sun sinking fast, along with the temperatures, detectives must return at first light. They worked way up until dark and a little bit past, actually, trying to you know take measurements, put flags out, photographs, and whatever. But it turned into a very long day. So they were trying to process the crime scene as, as efficiently as they could with the time that they had. 
The next day, investigators attend Bruce's autopsy and hope to get some answers. The medical examiner confirms what police suspected, that Bruce's death was no hunting accident. Hunting accidents do occur. People do get shot accidentally. Usually they get shot once. Three times, that's not a hunting accident. That's purposeful behavior. The medical examiner believes the first bullet was superficial, grazing his back. Then the second bullet entered Bruce's chest and exited under his right arm as if his arm was raised. Bruce is unable to shoot his gun as a call for help. He's basically dead at this point. The third bullet struck Bruce in his back, severing his spine and lodging in his lung, killing him instantly. The ME determines that bullet is from a 308 long distance rifle, different from both Janice's and Bruce's weapons. Uh, 308 is very common round. I've used it uh, deer hunting, elk hunting. And after examining Bruce's clothing, police find a bullet hole in his orange vest. Investigators believe Bruce was shot once. He took his vest off, probably waving it around to tell hunters, you know, he's not a deer, he's a, he's a person. And then he was shot again in the chest, and then he was shot in the back. There is no way that this is a hunting accident. This is murder. Clearly, police are dealing with a cold-blooded killer who tried to make this look like a hunting accident. But why? Investigators speak with Janice Donson again and soon discover a person of interest. By coincidence, he was camped very short distance away from where Janice was camped. It turned out to be very suspicious. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. 
Investigators looking into the death of Bruce Donson determined that he was shot three times in the Uncompahgre National Park in Colorado while hunting with his new wife, Janice. Knowing there were three shots altogether and only one located in Bruce, the next day investigators returned to the scene to look for the others and the 308 caliber rifle that fired them. But there's a lot of land to cover. Just consider the location, the scope of that scene hundreds and hundreds of acres around is potentially your crime scene. This was an immense undertaking from the go for the investigators. When you're working a scene like that, you're looking for blood evidence, you're looking for hair that might have been dropped, you're looking for, for footprints, you're looking for any items that might have been dropped. All the vegetation that has thorns on it might have a piece of clothing torn and on it. They focus on where they believe the shooter stood about 75 yards from where Bruce's body was found. They use a metal detector, but don't find anything at first. Then detectives make a remarkable discovery. They'd found one cartridge case, which was a, a 308 uh, caliber uh, uh, cartridge case, and some low uh, brush that was right there. It was pretty obvious that the victim had been shot from that hillside because of the uh, bullet hole in the fence post and the cartridge case being found on the hillside. Detectives also discover footprints in the soil. They did cast the uh, prints that they found, but they didn't have distinct patterns because you have to have a footprint on something. The ground is so covered with gravel and decomposed granite that it doesn't pick up fine detail. In this particular case, it's you just have a general pattern, so there was nothing there to actually tie up to uh, the uh, shooter. After investigators are unable to recover the footprint or the murder weapon, they find themselves at another dead end. Hoping for more information, detectives speak with Janice again who is recovering in the hospital from the shock of her husband's death. When the police interviewed her at the hospital, she seemed weak and emotionally drained and didn't look really that abnormal to them. They asked her to walk them through what happened the previous morning again, and she reiterates what she'd said at the first interview. She tells police that she um, got all muddy um, walking around and she went back to change her clothes, and that's where she finds Bruce uh, shot on the ground. Any weather system that does come through that leaves precipitation, whether it be rain or snow, is gonna create a muddy mess. It's really hard to get off of your clothes. It's hard to get off of your boots. I mean, she was pretty, pretty muddy, but you know, all the way, at least to her knees. When asked who else may have been in the area at the time, Janice tells detectives that her ex-husband and his girlfriend had both come up from Texas to hunt. Janice's first husband was actually camped about three quarters of a mile away. And according to Janice, they were gonna meet up later that day. She tells police that despite a messy divorce, she had maintained a friendship with her ex, J.C. Lee, and his family. J.C. Lee was from East Texas. It was like a cowboy or a hand on a ranch. J.C. just seemed like an old country boy. She stayed friends with uh, his family. Um, and J.C. and her talked. She knew him a very, very long time since they were very, very young. So, you know, not only do you have a relationship, you have a friendship over that period of time. They had two common children that they 
uh, were concerned about, and so they had to communicate about two children also. She says they divorced five years earlier in July 1990. She mentions that her ex is also an accomplished hunter and marksman and hunts there often. JC had got Janice involved in hunting, and that's the area he hunted, so obviously that's the only area that she knew about hunting or was familiar with. When they asked Janice about her former husband, he, she said, I, I don't know if he's there or not, but that's his usual spot where he goes. When asked if she knows any reason why JC might want to harm Bruce, Janice hints that they did have some problems. She'd said that uh, JC never likes any of the guys I date. It was a jealousy type of thing. Before police leave, Janice tells them she's going to visit family in East Texas while she grieves. When the police find that Janice's ex-husband was camped out close by, it raises a red flag for them because an ex-husband could have a motive to kill his ex-wife's new husband. It's at least a possibility. Detectives start reaching out to friends and family of both Janice and Bruce. They also want to talk to J.C. Lee. Two days later, Mesa County Sheriff's investigators find J.C. living five hours away in Utah. J.C. affirms that he and Janice have been divorced for five years, but that she had contacted him several times about getting back together. J.C. was not interested in apparently in getting back together. She had just gone to Texas a very short time before that to try to reconcile their marriage. And when, when J.C. says, I'm not interested, she went back and married Bruce. When asked where he was when Bruce was killed, J.C. admits he was hunting in the same area. And by coincidence, it seems like he was camped very short distance away from where Janice was camped. This is extremely unusual. When you've got hundreds of acres of, of area where you can camp, there's no reason for you to camp in a specific spot right next to someone else. So J.C. was actually in the, the general area when the shooting took place. But he claims he was hunting with his boss and girlfriend at the time. And then J.C. drops a bombshell. J.C. said that while he was out on a hunting trip uh, the day before the shooting, someone had gotten into his tent and stolen one of his rifles. J.C. said around 3 p.m. on October 14th, he had left his tent unattended. He says they returned around 7.30 p.m., but it wasn't until he got home on the 16th that he discovered a few knives, a coat, and his Remington 308 bolt-action rifle and ammunition missing. That gun was of the same caliber as the gun used to kill Bruce. Could Janice's ex have decided to take Bruce out? We have to look at her ex-husband to see if maybe there was any connection with him being jealous because she got married again. Investigators need to check out his alibi. The ex-husband was camping nearby. Uh, the same type of gun used to kill Bruce was stolen the day before from him. It just seems very, very coincidental and clearly a red flag. Police question his girlfriend and boss, who J.C. said was with him during his camping trip in the Uncompagre National Park. J.C. has got a good alibi for himself because others confirmed that he was with them at the time Bruce was shot. So it wasn't J.C. who did the shooting. With her ex off the hook, police focus on questioning those closest to the couple who are shocked by the news. It was sad. 
Um, they hadn't been married very long, so it was surprising, and I felt bad for his family. But what's even more surprising is what detectives learn next. Police uncover a muddy trail of lies and the ultimate betrayal. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. There's a lot of bends and twists in this thing. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. In the fall of 1995, Mesa County Sheriff's deputies in Colorado investigating the murder of Bruce Dodson have cleared his wife's ex-husband, J.C. Lee. But as they start interviewing friends and family, they learn some disturbing information. As soon as the murder occurred and at the crime scene itself and at the hospital, she was hysterical and um, beside herself and so on. But quickly after that, her demeanor completely changed and her behavior completely changed. The main thing was the finances. Apparently, Janice had gotten rid of all of Bruce's personal items, sold his home, his car, and his horse. She even had his dog put to sleep. She cashed in his multiple life insurance policies. All of the property that he had had to have her name on it, IRAs and everything else. She couldn't wait several months. Immediately, she wanted that money. The people that saw her around uh, Cedar Ridge said that she was uh, dressed to the hilt with matching outfits and, and that type of thing. It was pretty obvious that, the, that she was living beyond her means. And then they start looking into money. Where is there a paper trail of money? That's when Mesa County detectives discover that Janice had several life insurance policies on Bruce. In fact, Janice stood to inherit almost half a million dollars once all the insurance companies pay out. And camping records show that Janice had been to the mountain on her own two weeks before the murder. She's planning it all out. She's looking for where the best place to place Bruce in an unobstructed area so it could appear that he would have been easily shot and not missed. Also, Janice knew that her ex-husband camped locally 
and at that time she could have easily taken his gun. Everything seems to be pointing to Janice. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up because I kept saying, this is Janice. You know, Janice couldn't do this. But oh my gosh, if she did, that's when the hairs on the back of my neck would go up and say, holy cow, this is a woman who was in my home, took care of my children, you know, who I socialized with, went to work with. It's hard to, to comprehend that that truly could be her. But investigators have nothing solid to prove it. Detectives believe she must have buried the gun somewhere in the Uncompagre National Forest. They just need to find it. They could only do so much, and then the winter came in. Winter comes early at 9,000 feet in the Uncompagre, and it can easily stick around for more than half a year. The winters are terrible. I mean, you get blizzards, you get ice storms, and it's cold. It gets really, really cold. And the further up into the mountain you went, the worse it got. You've got avalanches and all types of things that happen up there in the Uncompadre. You'd be driving all along and all of a sudden, you know, you it hit a sign, well, you can't go any further unless you have chains on your tires, et cetera, to cross over the mountains. Elevation has a lot to do with why temperatures stay so cold and why it snows more often and why it takes so much longer for that snow to melt. You gotta think, for every thousand feet of elevation gain, you have 5.4 degree Fahrenheit temperature drop. All search efforts come to a halt. Investigators will have to wait on the weather. In the meantime, they decide to ask Janice to do a polygraph, and she agrees. They want to know how and why she changed her clothing, and she's never changed her story. Janice appeared very self-confident as she didn't have anything to fear at all. You mentioned that you were muddy there, right? I got, um, when I was circling around, I really wasn't watching when my feet were going down. I stepped into a, like a body, muddy area. But when asked about shooting Bruce, she shows deception. I did not shoot him. I know from the depth of my heart, I did not shoot There was evidence of deception. But at this point, the police can't charge her with anything because just being deceptive on a polygraph is just not enough. After temperatures are more moderate, investigators return to the crime scene with metal detectors. So I got a phone call in the fall of 96 asking if I could come over to help search for especially two bullets and a rifle that had not been found. And this time, they're in luck. Just beyond where the body was found, they find a 308 caliber round that they believe had gone through Bruce's chest and landed in some brush near his body, but still no murder weapon. There still didn't uh, seem to be enough evidence to have an arrest warrant. And they quickly run out of time again. Weather set in for the winter, and so they had to wait until the next spring to go back there and start looking for more evidence. When the weather warms up, detectives return once again, but still find nothing. It's very unusual to have a crime scene search take place over such a long period of time. 
Mesa County investigators fear Bruce Dodson will never get justice until the weather helps them make a major discovery. All the pieces kind of fell together. Extended winters and unpredictable precipitation in the mountains of Colorado's Uncompahgre National Forest have turned a murder investigation into three long years. There really is nothing you could do at those high elevations when snow is covering up evidence, or it's just too dangerous to search because of the freezing temperatures. Determined investigators are back for a third summer in a row, looking for the murder weapon or anything else that will tie Janice Donson to the murder of her husband, Bruce. They had a lot of circumstantial evidence going on, but it wasn't quite concrete enough not being able to find this weapon that was used. During one of their searches, investigators are joined by an expert from NecroSearch International. They are using metal detectors to search at a pond near Janice's ex-husband's campsite when they noticed something odd. It was obvious if you looked at the area that there was bentonite present. Bentonite is a mineral made from volcanic rock, a clay that is used in a sealant. It'll be used in ponds to keep the water from seeping through quickly into the ground, mostly for wildlife. They search the entire pond with no luck and walk the 15 minutes from there to where Bruce was shot. That's when detectives remember Janice's overalls and boots had been covered in mud on the day of Bruce's murder. They simply asked Janice, why was she so muddy that day? And she said she stepped in mud. They searched the only mud bog near their campsite that Janice could have stepped in. The bog itself was probably about um, 25 to 30 yards deep and about uh, 20, 20 yards, 20 to 25 yards wide. Because the bog was not anywhere near Bruce's body, it wasn't near her camp. If Janice didn't step in that mud bog, then where did she get all muddy? They take mud samples from the pond by J.C. Lee's camp, a pond in between the two camps and the bog Janice said she stepped in. And only one of the ponds contains bentonite, the one by J.C. Lee's camp. Now we need to look at the evidence from the overall that Janice Dotson wore and her boots that were covered with mud. Luckily, they were kept in evidence these past three years. And when they examined the mud, they hit pay dirt. The samples from the pond near JC's matched the samples that were on the clothing and the boots. It matched the pond with the bentonite. It showed that she was in a different area like her ex-husband's camp. She swore up and down in her statements that she never went around JC's camp, but yet there she was with this clay and this mud on her clothes. And she kept saying she had slipped, stepped into the bog near their camp. That to me is the alibi soil. She didn't mention anything about any other ponds that she was up on the hill to try to flush out wildlife and hopefully that her husband might shoot whatever was coming down, whether an elk or a deer. Even though they never find the weapon, the mud evidence exposes Janice's false alibi and is enough for an arrest warrant. 
On October 20, 1998, Janice Dodson is charged with first-degree murder. I always knew her as being a really nice person. It's hard to even fathom that she could have done such a heinous crime. Nearly five years after the murder, Janice goes on trial. Prosecutors paint Janice as a greedy woman with an inflated ego. I think the main characteristic that the prosecutors are describing to the jury is goes to the motive for the murder, which was money and greed. They claim that Janice most likely planned to kill Bruce before they even got married. Janice planned everything out. She planned the marriage. She got a target. She mapped it all out in her mind. How was she going to do it? And uh, she planned everything, including his death. A perk in the plan was being able to possibly frame her ex-husband at the same time. He wanted to be with this younger girl, and he was the love of her life. And uh, I think it changed her. I think she went crazy. Janice had this whole thing planned right down to the T. She knew that Bruce was never hunting before. He, he didn't know anything about hunting. So it's a good way to say, well, he was inexperienced. He took his vest off. He made mistakes. He wasn't a hunter. I never should have left him alone. They say the day before the murder, Janice snuck into her ex's camp and stole his 308 caliber rifle and ammo. Then she had Bruce, who she knew was not an experienced hunter, stand in an open field while she took higher ground, giving her the perfect advantage. Investigators believe that after Janice shot her husband, she took the gun, buried it in bentonite clay, which was close by her ex-husband's campsite. The only reason that uh, Janice should have had mud on her, her clothing would have been that she was actually hiding the gun in that area. I just can't fathom the Janice that I knew doing that. I, I just can't. And it breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart. On March 20th, 2000, she is found guilty of first-degree murder. She is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. It was shocking that she was convicted. This is a woman who was in my home, took care of my children. It's hard to, to comprehend. Although Bruce's killer is behind bars, it'll never bring him back. This is really a, a, such a sad case because um, none of this needed to be. She really set him up in, in such a tragic way. Bruce had no idea what hit him. He, he thought that she loved him. He thought he was in love with her. And um, it's just a terribly sad thing. Even though the weather hindered the investigator's search for evidence, it ultimately created the conditions that helped capture the killer. There wouldn't have been a pond there if we hadn't had snow melt or rainfall. And her pants would not have been muddy because the, the soil up in that area would not have been soft enough for her to sink in. Mother Nature really came through in the end.